and welcome to Fragments of the Soul with me, Katie Fishlock. Joining me today is Tamitha Ann Lovett and we will be discussing sexual liberation. Hey Tam. <laughs> hey Katie. <laughs> I always feel like I had to do a softer, more deeper deeper hey for you <laughs> and the reason why is uh i've i've been dying to talk to you and have you on here for a very long time but before i tell everyone about you i want i want everyone to know about you from your own words and it will probably explain my deep sexual voice to start with <laughs> i'm tamitha ann lovett um bristol's purveyor of pleasure sexual liberation facilitator, artist, disruptor, fizzy cunt. Um, yeah, that's basically me. Everything sex-related, I'm your gal. Just, I couldn't have done that any better, to be honest. I'm so <laughs> glad I handed that one over to you. To let everyone know, the reason why we're meeting today and having this delicious conversation is because the theme is sexual liberation. <laughs> oh, and... Uh, we always do a, a kind of little session before we record about kind of the theme and what we're going to talk about. And so many times during that session, I was like, stop, stop, because there's so many juicy bits. And I'm hearing this for the first time right now, as you are, which is super, super exciting. So without further ado, I'm just going to, I always like to start with like, I'm just going to put sexual liberation out there uh, as our theme and what it means to you and what is what is calling for, for you right now with regards to the theme right yeah liberation. it's a very very big very big very big topic i think in my life i think sexual liberation is like a magical vibrant transcendent experience that should be promoted and encouraged and celebrated by everyone but obviously something that i think we're not as uh, familiar with it's still very taboo in society uh, and it comes in very many different formats you know liberation can be you know items of clothing you wear actual sex um expression hedonism uh it's it's for me it's about owning pleasure understanding pleasure uh celebrating diversity around uh, pe pleasure politics is a big thing let's be honest particularly as a woman uh sexual education we all know that that's a bit pants um mm. and particularly as a woman of my age i sound like a bit of a boomer now saying that but there's something i never received at school um i don't know what a clitoris was didn't even know how to use it much less um so yeah these i think it comes in very very, very different formats and uh yeah it's something i explore in in many different styles whether it be drawing actual sex masturbation uh, painting yeah that's kind of where i'm at with sexual liberation there's so many oh, so many questions to ask you now but I, I need to kind of pick one don't i one of the things i'm still itching this is from the last time we we spoke and i've been holding on to this because i've been wanting to know the answer you are the proud i will owner of no strings attached can i call, I'm, I'm one, one half one half one half <laughs> Yes. One half of uh, a night called No Strings Attached. And last time we spoke, you were talking to me about why and how that started. And I stopped you mis-sentence because I was like, this is <laughs> too deeply fascinating. Wild story. <laughs> Stop right now. I need to hear this for the first time when, when we go live. So, Fizzy, I would like to, A, tell us what No Strings Attached is, yeah. what it's all about, 
And more importantly, which is the reason I'm on the edge of my seat, how and why it started. Right. So I think it's it's first got to start with with my art um, as an artist. And I started drawing um, scenes per se, uh, porn scenes. Um, and I went through this very weird stage where my medium would change with my mood. And, you know, the evolution of an artist is like sometimes you surprise yourself in which avenues you go into. And then I went through this very odd moment where I started kind of like embodying my art and mm-hmm. also questioning why I was drawing other people and they were sending me, you know, their, their actual like full-on porn scenes, doing commissions, um, drawing very, very intimate things. And I'd never actually been on the other side. You know, nobody was photographing me and drawing, you know, my intimate parts or moments with another person. But also to go into like the the psychological aspect of it and and, and live. So I considered very much doing, you know, going to sex parties or sex clubs uh, to, to kind of see things in action and how, you know, how people work off each other and the energies. And then uh, my business partner who uh, used to DJ at Kit Kat in Berlin, and that's where the, you know, that's the home of techno and sex parties. And um, he very much wanted to bring that to Bristol and then got in touch with me and thought that I would be the perfect person to kind of help make that happen from a creative um, artistic aspect. So I thought it was really, really important to also, as a as a as a victim of a survivor, shall I say, of sexual abuse, trauma, um, just being a woman, understanding my body, hating my body, loving my body, not knowing how to use my bits and pieces. I don't want to say bits and pieces, but you know, um, I didn't even know how to use a dildo properly. So I thought it would be very interesting for me to jump into something like this, so I could learn as much as watch and and view kind of everybody else's interactions with that and Bristol didn't have anything like that you know we're, we're on the queer scene as a queer person we are very liberated individuals anyway um and some society sees us as sexually promiscuous um good love that because <laughs> we are and we love it um but yeah it's it, it it was a journey for me to also heal so I thought what better thing to do is to fully embody the art and now bring it like live so no strings is kind of like my biggest living ongoing art piece if I can put it like that so it's an event that we host once a month and it is a sex party and we provide rooms and uh, situations and ambience and atmosphere for you to really really liberate yourself and explore your sexuality your identity um gender blend be weird and in a in a, in a non-judgmental space which is something that I always needed um and I'd, I've become far more liberated through my own events uh and I, I I think I get queer every time I every time I just get queerer and queerer and queerer and <laughs> more more sexual so mm. yeah it, it's basically I brought all of Bristol on a therapy version <laughs> Like a therapist with me to learn about my own uh, sexual identity, orientations, likes, pleasures, dislikes, tastes, kinks, fetishes. Um, and it's an art piece because at every event, the the guests are art themselves. So we have a very, very strict dress code and we encourage you to really, really step outside your comfort zone. And so many of us, we think we do, but we really, really don't. So the dress code kind of like strips you of all of your shield. And vulnerability is like really, really incredible in the right spaces. 
and it's kind of magical. And that that is literally where the magic happens. And that's when I think you as a person start to really unfold and you're more um, open to discovering yourself, your body, other people, consent, boundaries, things that we don't really talk about very much. And I've never been one to shut up for anything. So I feel this is a very, very loud way of me taking my art to the next level. And that's kind of how No Strings was born. I call it my love child, my temper <laughs> and love of art love child. <laughs> and yeah, so it's actually an ongoing, I think people just think it's an event, but it's so much more than an event for me. And it, it really brings people together. And I do a lot of healing with every event, watching other people do a lot of healing with every event. So yeah, it's like, it's like knock on sex therapy slash Ooh. mega fun. <laughs> And lots of techno and naked people. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to let that sink sinking. Also, for the listeners, I was severely distracted by your stiletto red French manicure that kept on flashing on the screen. You know, <laughs> it just kept. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, they're so long and pointy. And oh, yeah. I told I told the manicurist to make like I wanted to be like a cat. And yeah, I think I was I was even I was perforating my own skin at one point with them. But funny story <sighs> on, the, on the way here today, I stopped to get some petrol, and the the man at the petrol station went, oh god, those look sharp, and he asked me to scratch him. <laughs> So I had this like little two-minute kink session with the man at the petrol station, which was quite a vibe. <laughs> I'm literally embodying my art all the time. <laughs> I'm so glad I mentioned it now, but just, you know, I'm getting the joy of just watching that on the screen <laughs> flash about. Oh, my goodness. So uh, where to go from here? One of the things that kind of I have been to uh, your event and seen your live art piece in the flesh, and I know that um, when I talk about um, within my circle of friends about parties such as no strings attached one of the most common questions that come up you would think of many that could have come up but always number one is i i just don't i wouldn't know what to wear i'm so intimidated by the dress code i'm so into like i don't own anything like that i don't want to wear anything like that but i really want to go and uh at first i was until i figured it out um i ended up just <laughs> you, you won't remember this but i ended up wearing uh, to yours um oh i i finished this is quite dark but i'm going to say it anyway because this is how inspiration comes from Bring it on. Love it. you know this is at the time when netflix launched that documentary i want to say eat pray love but it's not but it's about the the certain strain of mormons yes. and uh what is it called I can't <laughs> i'm so here for where this is going but it was it was really it was, it was a very kind of it's a very dark documentary yeah. about this particular strain of mormon and uh, I had a dress identical to the dresses that they wear because they had this very strict uniform yeah. and they weren't allowed to go outside this uniform. And I was like, there's something in this. So I, I've got like a dress in black that is identical to this Mormon dress. So up to the neck, down to the kind of ankles, down to the kind of uh, wrists, but that style and cut. So I wore a Mormon style dress because I... <laughs> So it's like, erotic, I, though, isn't it? Because of the restrictions. And then I and then I had like a I did have a harness on top of it, but it was black, but it was very, very distinctly Mormon. And yeah. I had so many people come up to me, it was just like I was like the most covered there. 
but just reeking of Mormon and just this, 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 the purity. It's the I want to go down the purest. Yeah, that's wonderfully playful with the theme, isn't it? That, that's moral and religious restriction to the T, isn't it? So and that's what I was going for. Like that, and then being like whopping a harness on top, be like, yes. yeah. That's, that's probably, I think, yeah, you're so right. A lot of people think that they have to be like, completely starkers. And it's really mm. not even about that. We're not, And we're also not strictly like a, a leather, you know, chains kind of kink fetish wielding knight. It is about um, like creative expression. And, you know, mm. all those things that you kind of wear in your bedroom when you've had like a few roses and you're a bit pissed by yourself. <laughs> and you're like, I'd never go out in this. A, because I might get like bashed in the street. Or B, like, I look really good but no one can see me, but I don't ever want to like let anybody see that part of me for mm. fear of being rejected or mocked or ridiculed or whatever. And we're like, yeah, mm. that's the outfit that you need to wear to no strings. Mm. So we give you a few guidelines. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about playing with that. I mean, we had somebody come in a wedding dress once, which was like yes. iconic. Um, yes. you know, again, talking about that whole, you know, sex, polyamory, marriage, restriction, heteronormativity. Mm. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, like, let's let's fuck this up. Let's wear a wedding mm. dress and then, you know, get railed in a playroom. <laughs> For lack of better words. <laughs> Fives. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's great. And I think I, this is a great conversation to have because that's all people, you know, I, I, I meet those questions all the time. It's like, I couldn't possibly go to one of these things. I can't even get through the door simply because I'm, I don't have those kind of outfits or I'm scared to wear those kind of thing. And we just, you you know, a lot of people. And also I think it's important to say that the dress code is there to keep the space very intentional. And it also keeps what I like to call the tourists out. Um, And the tourists, I'd hate to say it, hashtag not all men, are normally cis heterosexual men who like to come and watch and not participate and think that this is the type of environment that they can just hook up or harass women and kind of like watch free porn vibes. It also let it be said the playrooms are very separate from the dance floor so it's not something that you kind of just walk into it's one of those situations if you want to go and do that you go elsewhere but the dress code is it, it really keeps the space intentional and the people who are willing to make the effort um, and expose themselves and be vulnerable um, on, on all sorts of levels are the ones who are a good fit for the community and we're all it, it, we're all the same we all look the same we all inspire each other with our outfits and also because we do a vibe and an outfit check at the door i keep a little bag of tricks next to the door because sometimes people just need to go to their first one to really open their eyes see what everybody else is wearing and be like whoa like i create little monsters sometimes <laughs> i come back the second time and i'm like who are you look at you yes. <laughs> you're wearing like a six inch silver thong i don't you're not even the same person anymore so i keep you know if they've got the right attitude i have a little bag of tricks a few wigs leather panties shorts weird stuff um and we, we kind of dress you at the doors so it's it's oh. It's me and one of our drag queens, and, and we do five <laughs> and coach checks. And it's like, it all starts with the entry, doesn't it? It's that, mm-hmm. you know, if, you, if you've got the right attitude, because we are open for the curious. We're probably not as strict as other nights where they're like, they you know, they literally mm-hmm. kick you out if, you, if you're not there. And I think we, we need to provide a space for people, those shy people, those first-timers, those beginners, because we were all beginners once, weren't we? Yeah. So, yeah. So um, don't worry. Mama's got a bag of tricks at the door. Just come with the right attitude. <laughs> and one thing, one thing um, I know we're still on se- sexual liberation, but I think you can't talk about sexual liberation without talking about vulnerability. Yes. I mean, the two are sisters. 
Um, and being in the spaces that you're in and the work you do, the artwork you do, you constantly work alongside and with vulnerability. And how, how has that journey been for you? Not personally, it can be kind of outwardly and what you witness and see. Um, both, I'd say terrifying and beautiful. Uh, terrifying for myself as well, putting yourself out there. I mean, the first party I threw, I was actually, I was terrified, petrified. Um, it was, and also it was, we were tiny. It was about like me and three gays on the dance floor. Um, so, That's a party. <laughs> my, That's my, a party. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that is a party. Um, <laughs> I think the most, the most, if I, if I can say my kink so far has been watching other people be vulnerable and reaping like untold rewards from that like just blossom as an individual at the end of the night like we've had people crying you know people sending letters the gifts just to be like this night has changed my life it's a lifeline for me I've discovered so much about myself and that really hits home for me because I wish I had these spaces a long time ago mm. and I feel like I'm still kind of catching up so and even it, it, it challenges me to be more vulnerable with myself and honest with myself. And that is, you know, that looking in, we all know, oh, scary. <laughs> so it's been it's been quite a journey and sometimes very challenging um, because we can, you know, I, I can do all of this for other people. But I can hide behind all of that. But when, you know, when you look, you look in the mirror, you know, you point one finger, there's three pointing back at you and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> it, it makes me challenge myself. And I not only have to show up for other people, but I have to show up for myself too. So I think that's that's been really important. But yeah, it's been quite a wild journey. And it's, you know, it's taken me a long time to, there's still parts of myself that I don't accept. There's still things that I, I mean, that's, you know, I hear, you know, patriarchal, heteronormative, you know, society that we live in. Um, and we always face those challenges. But yeah, it's that one little place where, I come to every month that I have to kind of check in with myself. And yeah, it's, and again, vulnerability is not for just out on the street these days. We still have to be very, very, you know, particularly as a queer person in the community and then a sexually liberated queer person. It's like double whammer, you know, you're kind of, mm. you can be a target in some spaces. So it's, it's like, yeah, a little pleasure oasis where you can just unpack things within yourself and li literally <laughs> your clothing. So. <laughs> And, and it's so wonderful to hear your journey about vulnerability and how it features in your life and how you see it features feature in other people's life. I would love to talk about um, what you you're a woman of so many projects and talents and <laughs> skills. And again, this this featured in our last chat, um, the the projects you're currently working on. And there's one in particular I would love for you to talk about. You know which one it is. It's the uh, orgasm. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's another, the one. Another extension. I think what I also realised was I've always kind of been deemed as a bit much, uh, which is great. I wear that badge with pride now. I never used to. <clears throat> Still get really knocked off when people tell me it though. But anyway, <laughs> um, so it was the art, and then it was. Uh, my drawings and my artwork and there was no strings and then it was also you know no strings it's, it's not for everybody it's it's really really not but I still thought that one of the most important things to me was actually getting sexual education out there mm -hmm. in less in like you know in your face kind of way and some people just aren't you know wild sexual beings and they don't want to dance to techno 
till four in the morning with, with the tits hanging out. Um, and what I thought was really, really important was to create another space for people where we could, again, focus on things like consent and boundaries and education um, and pleasure politics, but also create a space for artists to really to elevate sex positive artists because one thing I noticed as a sex positive artist was the discrimination I faced from, you know, I can't just go and do any Christmas market. They're like, whoa, you can't just <laughs> tech. So um, you know, I, I get I get monitored all the time. And I wanted to create a space where those artists could just come and and show all of their work. And some of the artists in Bristol are like astounding, like astounding. Um, so I thought it was really, really important to a maybe start a bit of a festival, I think, where these people could come and, um, you know, with, without discrimination, show show their ways, but also at the same time educate people, but then combine that with music. So make it fun because education, I think, has to be fun, particularly when you're doing an adult education. So it was really, really important for me to maybe make a day out of it. So that's how Orgasm started. So Orgasm is the love child of No Strings and Tamitha Ann Lovett Art, uh, another love child, but lots of babies. And it is a day that centres around education, art and music. So we have, um, we've got over 30 stalls of artists and they make everything from nipple pasties to, um, you know, uh, commissions of, of bums, uh, lingerie, harnesses, like you you name it, it's all there. So we also then have a sex educator and the sex educator um, talks, you know, there's a variety of topics around consent, uh, sex toys, pleasure. Um, <clears throat> and then we also have the music that pairs in with it because I think music is great for liberation and dancing and expressing yourself. And um, so, yeah, it, it, and then there's food. I mean, there's even, we've got, we've got uh, somebody coming who does uh, a B, like BDSM gingerbread people. So it's showcasing oh all the beautiful, <laughs> beautiful elements of sex positivity um, and the creativeness around it. So it's also a day where the people who don't want to be in a harness and naked and, you know, like I said, dancing till four in the morning can then come and you know, learn about sex and expose themselves and be vulnerable in a very, very different fun day setting, if that makes sense. That does. <laughs> and I can't wait for it to happen. I want to touch base on something that um, you mentioned right at the beginning with that. Um, and you mentioned about, I think all of us, I think to some degree can feel into this one is being too much, being told that you're too much. And we both work as artists and we both kind of work around themes of sexual liberation and touch on and paint things that uh, are sometimes can be of a sensitive matter. <laughs> yeah. And we've both been, um, definitely we've both been restricted on Instagram and it's hard to share this message and work in the greater world for the greater good um, when you're up against particularly social media that takes you down and restricts you and again it's almost like that digital you're being too much yeah yeah community bloody guidelines yeah yeah it's it's a tough one isn't it yeah yeah yeah. i would love to hear your thoughts around that um uh, yeah i feel quite strongly about it and i think it is something that you know, like it, I think it all started. Remember, uh, the, the, I don't know if you ever followed that page. It was called the Nipple Liberation Army, and they were on this massive, you know, 
kind of uh, yeah you know mission to to liberate the nipple and in terms of like you know what's the difference between a male and a female nipple like absolutely nothing um and that kind of piqued my interest as well and then I obviously started putting my art out there and just realizing I think also I've no, I've normalized what I, what I draw and what I do and I don't mm. I don't realize how shocking it is to other people um and uh, yeah it, it it kind of upsets me it really hurts my feelings sometimes that people are so we live in such a regressive state of society and like this like again moral and religious restrictions on absolutely everything what's deemed okay what's deemed not okay and like we all know what's happening behind closed doors just if you like to talk about it or draw it <laughs> um yeah I don't like the fact that I can't get my art out there as much as I'd like to and I think as a society, we're never really going to move forward in terms of like healthy sexual relationships, the way we view our bodies. Um, and, and yeah, just a greater understanding of things. If we keep making the, the issue of sex and nudity, so taboo and something that we can't really talk about uh, and something we can't really express and explore. And I understand that I think on, you know, on, on social media, perhaps it may be, you know, sometimes if there are kids and things on there, you know, coming across one of my pieces, maybe, like whoa but I'd rather them maybe be learning about you know art and porn rather than watching you know Pornhub mm-hmm. because all these people that you know work in this industry are you know, notoriously exploited and underpaid and and how most of us have learned about sex and liberation is through porn and mm-hmm. some of it like really really shit porn <laughs> you know where women are like degraded and there's you know like straight porn's very just like bah, bah, bah. yeah <laughs> do you know do you know what i mean there's nothing <laughs> sensual and enjoy there's no enjoyment there it's it's performative but then again you know these people are actors and performers and they should be paid accordingly at the end of the day mm-hmm. they're professionals um and even, i mean even the use of sex workers is still something that's just like it's so taboo people don't even want to go there but i think you know honey if, if you if you want a good job go, go to a professional yeah oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. so yeah i think we if I understand that kids and, you know, some of the, the, you know, it needs to be kind of an 18 plus content and which is fine. But also, you know, on pages like ours, we, we can put age limits, but still we are still very, very sensitive. And I still think it's a very, it's a very patriarchal thing as well. It's a very uh, religious uh, aspect. I think even though we aren't as actively religious as a community and a society and as a world, I mean, we are, but I mean, not, not, not like the old days. It's still inherently within all of us that that is something that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to view. We don't want to show. Um, and it's also, I think it, it's, it's because deep down inside, it's something that we all really, really fear. Mm. And I think that's why my art, I'm very, very passionate about being quite loud about stuff and very like graphic about stuff. Like you've seen some of my pieces, like I don't mince about. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is what it looks like. Yes, <laughs> let's get it done in A1. <laughs> you know, put it above your dining room table. Yes. And people who want to buy my art say to me, God, you know, Tam is really great, but like I've got kids to like, I don't know where I can put this in my house. <laughs> and I'm like, in the kitchen, babe. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about, I think, creating those healthy conversations around things and normalizing nudity will inevitably create a community and a society that are less um injured for lack of better words or traumatized by sex and boundaries and consent and body positivity and and things like that so it's a bit of a follow-on cycle so someone's got to do it and here we are (laughs) um but yeah I do face a lot of a lot of restrictions 
with it, which kind of makes me, for lack of better words, worse. <laughs> it eggs me on. And I think, well, if you thought yeah. that was much, you wait. <laughs> and then I get filthier. So I've probably got to thank all of, like, the moral people for making me quite a good artist, if I'm honest. <laughs> Don't tell them that, though. I love how you've ended on that. That is... <laughs> But it does it kind of you think, wow, I was just being kind and now <laughs> Yeah, like minimizing yourself for other people's, you know, to appease other people is just, yeah, I'm a bit over that now. I used to do it, but not anymore. That's a great one to, you know, that was something I wanted to ask, uh, not you in particularly, but just have a conversation around sexual liberation. You know, it comes from a place where we've minimized ourselves and made ourselves particularly small for fear of um being either exposed or being in in a place of vulnerability and and being in danger from that. So I, I'd like to kind of circle back around it and and get back to liberation, but from the sense of how how someone who is looking to get more sexual liberation in their life, how does one even go about that when they're feeling so minimized and small? That's actually yeah, that's quite a good question. To be fair, it's like where do you start? Yeah, that's if, it. if you don't, if you don't feel good about yourself, you, like it's not even an area you want to even jump into, I guess. Mm. Um, and I think it's about finding the community first because mm. you don't even have to start jumping into it, but just hanging around the same people with the same interests, with the same, the same attitudes towards sex is is, is a community itself, and that can be very very healing. You know, sex and liberation is, is it's it's raw, it's trauma, mm-hmm. it's a lot of things. And it takes a lot of people a long time to come around to like fully being liberated and free. And I mean, are any of us actually truly one hundred percent liberated and free? I think it's it's a it's a lifelong journey, it's a process, particularly with the society that we live in. But all small things to do, I started reading like a lot of a lot of literature is really, really inspiring. Um also wank more, good God. Just, I mean, you don't even have to go. You've heard it here. You've heard it here. You've heard it now. It's It's medicine. It's exercise. Makes your periods easier. Eases headaches. Like mood booster. Um, But yeah, literature. Start with literature, I think, which is really, really important. Picture books. Top shelf porn. Love that. Some of that. Provided Mm. it's ethical. Um, And if you are going to watch porn, make sure it's ethical porn. Um, But yeah, I think it's about getting to know your body and rituals with yourself. And, you know, I had a really inter- interesting conversation with a friend of mine and I also did a, a, a photo shoot about masturbation, where you masturbate and how you masturbate. Oh, Is it a ritual? Is it a, is, is because you have to, like a necessity? Like, is it a moment? And, you know, there's some people who like light candles, put on music, you know, the process. And I think that's quite beautiful. And a lot of yeah. people, we don't do that. I, I, didn't, I didn't even do that. You know, like feel your body, be very, very present and and literally play with yourself. And I think that's where it starts before you step outside into the world of like, you know, like full, full liberation. So, yeah, reading, wanking, <laughs> um, drawing, following artists such as ourselves, I guess. It's 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 all visual aids. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you go and look out there, there's some really, really, really good you know, LGBT um, movies, uh, plays, musicals. There's so many things actually centered around sex liberation. It, I think it just starts with what you put in to your mind and through your eyes and things like that. But yeah, that's probably my my best 
advice. I've got, I just thought of another juicy one for you. This is, um, for those, for those who, who know that this is a new game for me, I've got no, none of these questions planned. All I've got is a post-it note with Tam's name on and <laughs> sexual liberation and that's it. That's really? all that's in front of me. I've got a good one. How do you see sexual liberation? What do you see sexual liberation looking like in, in our future? I think, um, oh gosh, the, the ideal utopia, mm. the ideal sexual liberation utopia is um, less fear mm. as people um, and more spaces where we can just be and explore uh, better relationships, uh, mm-hmm. less toxicity, um, less, you know, heteronormative gender vanilliness um yeah it's 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 a tough one i think in i think mainly also sexual education in schools is something that i'm really really irked doesn't happen and is monitored so severely to the point of like you learn how to make a baby and how not to make a baby you know if you're lucky (laughs) if you're lucky uh and i think it starts from a very very young age and i think the future that that you know that's that's saying, you know, it, it starts with the kids, really. People are going to think I'm a groomer. I'm not. <laughs> um, and if you think that's what grooming is, then so be it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it starts from a young age. And I think if we if we could get our heads around teaching children about their bodies and, and it doesn't have to be about pleasure but about boundaries mm. and consent, I think that the healing then takes – that's what it is. Liberation is essentially also healing, healing and expression. And that's – the future could look really, really bright, I think for yeah just younger people in terms of relationships and and pleasure and pleasure is a it's a it should be experienced by everyone it should be encouraged it should be celebrated it's not a bad it's not a bad thing it's not a dirty word going on from pleasure it looks so different and it is so different for everyone isn't it yeah and i think that's the you get to see that at your events as well how pleasure looks so radically different for everyone and how people experience (laughs) pleasure differently and do you think it all comes down to, um, this goes with sexual liberation and pleasure, do you think it's about knowing yourself and, and getting to know yourself in order to experience these and open up to such pleasures and liberations? Do you reckon that's where, is that where the journey starts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think obviously you, you, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna know what you like if you don't really know like yourself to the core but also I think what's really really interesting and one thing I've discovered is it's very different with every person that you're with Mm. and that's that's a beautiful like exploratory journey that you take uh, with with different partners Mm -hmm. you know like I I would have sworn down to everyone that I hated spanking until I met one person who spanked me and I was like oh well actually (laughs) actually kind of love this you know what I mean It's, it's I think it's one of those when you get to the core of yourself that's where you can open up, be vulnerable and be honest, which makes you more receptive and open to being with other people and then sharing their, their inner cause. And then there's the merging of the cause, isn't there, which mm-hmm. can create a completely different experience in a completely different setting each and every time. So, yeah, it, it is getting to, to know the self and also what, what you're comfortable with, I guess. You know, we don't really, we, you know, we don't kink shame. Um, and there's some, <laughs> some things you see out there that are like, what? you know that's a kink jeez <laughs> wow but also like that's so interesting 
It it really, really is. This is the, the one part of the brain where, you know, pain and pleasure all come from kind of the same receptors, and that's quite interesting in itself, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely about getting to know the self, but then also, again, being open enough to be with others who introduce you to other things, mm. and that can blow your mind a little bit. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of both, I feel. Can we just have a little bit of Tam's sexual education? Can you describe or tell us the difference between a kink and a fetish? I probably wouldn't know how to describe it very, very well. Um, it really depends on different behaviours and different, you know, you know, arousals and and kind of w- what you want uh, from from the situation. But yeah, I can't think of the words right now. To be fair, don't worry. Uh, I'm trying to explain this in a way that's uh, like I cater to everybody, if you, if, if you know what I'm, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kinks and fetishes overlap, to be fair, and uh, it's different, unusual kind of play between people. But a kink is an umbrella term, basically, for sexual interests. I'd say um, mainstream forms of sexual activity, kind of like you know BDSM, bondage, discipline, dominance, uh, submission, sadism, um, and yeah, it's 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 quite a it's quite a broad group, but the fetish is like more of a specific requirement, either based, I'd say, like on psychology and sensation, um, mm-hmm. more like in the body, the individual's actual arousal enjoyment. So they kind of go hand in hand. Um, you know, things like uh, you know people like cloth and touching and tickling. Um, it's also like focused on very different like. Um, body parts or behaviors but yeah the kink is definitely like all the aspects of BDSM bondage and discipline uh, and it is a very big like an alternative kind of way to describe your your alternative sexual interests if that makes sense but encompasses so yeah like the fetish is very much like in your body and the feelings and the sensation for me but yeah, they, they go hand in hand. I hope that I hope I explained that very well. <laughs> no, you did. It's always a really tricky one. I have, that's why I said yeah, in your own words because different, like different people, I guess. Yeah, and and people kind of like wonder what the difference is between the two and and things like that. And it was great to hear that from you. And it is a really tricky one. I always find it really tricky to explain too. So don't worry. It's always kind of a yeah. But yeah, I think like yeah, the main thing is like kink is like the thing and. The fetish is like the behavior and the psychology mm, behind mm-hmm. it all. If Great. That makes sense. Yeah. I was trying to explain it from my perspective as well. <laughs> no, that that explains it beautifully because I, I just kind of thought I was, I must ask you that because everyone has a different answer, which which I think is great. And that's the whole, you know, that's part of the liberation of it. You can yeah. kind of make make of it what you will which is part of the freedom it is very personal to every person like yeah trying to do it's again there's such a big field that you to try and do it justice and kind of come up with the right words to to explain it is yeah yeah I hope I hope I did a good job (laughs) I hope you'll understand it better (laughs) from my perspective and I love the fact that you know we've talked a lot about sexual liberation and healing and how there can be so much healing from from exploring and understanding and educating yourself through yeah. sexual liberation. I didn't know whether you wanted and add anything about to that from the healing perspective. Yeah, I think the he- the healing is probably one of the most important things because it's more common than we'd all like to admit that a lot of us have been traumatized by sex or some form of abuse or 
you know, in relationships, you know, physically, emotionally, all sorts of things like that. And that uh, can sometimes block the receptors to us ever moving forward or having other healthy relationships with ourselves or with others moving forward. And it, the healing is, is quite paramount. And I think that's been obviously like the foundation essentially for me personally during this whole journey was to start healing. And uh, I, I'm still, I'm still very much doing it. Still, still very much doing it. You know, I, I don't play at my, at my parties because, you know, obviously boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to. I just watch everybody else. I'm not watch. It's like a, I'm not a voyeur. Well, I, maybe I am. Who knows? I have to say, um, I, I've seen you in action at your parties, and I, you couldn't yeah, be in say you couldn't be in safer hands. You are you you are just fantastic. It's like you have eyes everywhere in the sense of making sure that everyone's okay. And you, I would say, I would describe you as the ultimate host. Oh, thank you. you know, <laughs> and the ultimate host is always like making sure that everyone's okay and, and everyone needs a good, but you are there within an instant when there's, you know, it's when important. you need to be. Yeah. Because yeah. Also, like, like we said, the healing thing, this is a very, it's a very raw experience for a lot of people. So they kind of need mm. someone to, you know, someone's going to be, it wouldn't really help if I was, you know, in a, in a gangbang with you and you had a moment. <laughs> so yeah. Or in deep conversation. Because the conversations you have are just incredible there. And it's great. I saw you politely having light conversation in order not to kind of anyone take your time too much because so you can be Yeah, yeah. You can be you and doing your hosting. It's it's fantastic to see Thank how you. you put those boundaries in place in that environment and managed and elegant it was elegant how you Thank managed you. it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> At least I'm nailing it. <laughs> In some way, shape, or form, you're nailing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About the healing and, and sexual liberations and kind of how that feeds into the work you do and the uh, events you hold. Uh, if there's anything more you wanted to add. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, healing, very, very important. And this is why I'm creating more of these more of these spaces for people because I think this is, you know, we need a lot of sexual healing in the community um, and that doesn't actually mean, you know, in, in, it's in all senses, psychologically, mentally, physically. Um, and yeah, orgasm is, is orgasm is going to be the next, the next big one for, you know, like a destination day where you can just come and le- not come literally, but just, just arrive and uh, <laughs> learn, <laughs> learn about sex. Um, we work with, we work really closely with the Terence Higgins Trust as well. Also, like, let's end stigma about sexual health. That, like, that's a whole other area we haven't even touched on. And that's healing in itself is, you know, like, it's they're not dirty words. Go and get tested. Let's talk about it. Disclose things with partners. Be, you know, love yourself. Wear protection. Uh, you know, these things. So, you know, we work very closely with Terence Higgins Trust, which I think is really, really important. So you can actually come to the event and get free testing and advice while you're there privately, which is really important. So it's like, you know, you know, buy a buy a picture with tits on it, get a cock ring, learn about disabled sex ed, get your get tested and dance to some techno and then eat some BDSM ginger people cookies. Like what's more, you know, like what what more could you ask for? What a day. What, <laughs> what a, a day. day. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that things like I think that's 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 another whole aspect of healing that I'm also quite passionate about. Um and yeah, the, the the more we do that and provide these spaces, the more we'll all start to kind of heal and grow together and be freer and wilder. <laughs> and on that note, how can uh, our listeners 
get in touch with you if they want to ask you more questions or find out more about your events and what was happening this is why i like you've got your time here so spend, spend take as long as you need um so yeah uh, if, if you wanted to uh follow follow the arts uh which is you um where i first first started that's obviously tamitha and uh, loveitarts.com got a website we also have the no strings bristol website you know if if you want to start exploring king's fetishes desires play and liberation you can head over to that website and then we have orgasmfestival.com it's coming up on the 8th of april and on the website you can see all of the the performers the contributors the community it's really really special it's going to be a great day and we have a little secret sexy after party uh, that we'll be hosting as well just to kind of because like nobody really wants to go home because they're so excited so yeah all all three avenues i run three websites get in touch and uh, yeah happy to answer any questions uh, about it and hopefully we can guide you. You know, I'd like to think I offer, you know, three different areas for three different levels of readiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe just maybe just start by looking at, you know, the, the porn piece and then come and do the porn piece and then all go and learn about the porn piece. So um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about sexual liberation and discuss all topics we are both deeply fascinated in and hopefully get you back at some point to dive deeper in some of the areas we quite haven't yet explored thank you it's, thank been, a, you. it's been really really good thank you so much i don't really <laughs> ever get a chance to talk you know without music blaring in the background <laughs> so this is really really good it's been very refreshing and thank you for having me my pleasure lots of love <laughs> bye just one more thing before you go as we move into the final stretch of winter it's important to take a moment and reflect on our lives Sometimes life can feel overwhelming and it can be challenging to find the time and the space to think. That's why I'm offering a unique opportunity to support you through this time. From now until March the 21st, you have a chance to book three one-hour coaching sessions with me. And the best part? You can pay what you can for these sessions. This is your chance to dedicate three hours of your time to thinking reflecting and growing. If you're interested, I would love to schedule a free 20-minute consultation with you. During this time, we'll get to know each other and see how coaching in the thinking environment could benefit you. Simply visit my website, katiefisher.com forward slash coaching for more information and to book your consultation. Don't let the challenges of winter hold you back. Take this opportunity to invest in yourself and start the new season feeling refreshed and rejuvenated.